Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. I am excited to be back to recording this week. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's been a while. I know, it feels like it has. I can't remember how long it's been, but I remember enough to know I think it's been long enough that the speeding ticket I got in Abilene is overdue. I don't think so, because that was, that all happened on the 28th. I don't know how long they're good for, but I would assume like a month, right? Uh, I know he said I needed to contact him like in a couple weeks. I just have to find it. I've lost it within all of my stuff. (laughs) That was probably like on purpose. I was so mad about that. I know. That just stinks that you got a ticket. I told your clients as a, like a, um. As an example of how, like, when you do something that's against the rules, but you feel like it shouldn't have been, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you're like, well, I shouldn't have gotten arrested anyway, and I shouldn't have, but it was illegal, and all of them went, just pay the ticket, and I was like, exactly, (laughs) exactly, so, like, marijuana is illegal, right? Yeah. And we're like, well. (laughs) About that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I use that example all the time with clients, like, you know, when we think about criminal thinking or thinking errors, like, you know, thinking that we can speed and get away with it. You can sometimes, but eventually, you know, it catches up to you. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. And man, I was, I traveled so much uh, during that time, like that very weekend um, I traveled, well, that Thursday, I went somewhere. Then that weekend, I went somewhere. One week later, I drove. I had to drive two hours. I had to drive almost all the way to Wichita Falls to renew my driver's license. Mm-hmm. Just I had to. I had to. Don't blame the world. Um, I, I waited too long to set up the appointment. You used to be able just to walk in, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the DMV and get your. And now since COVID, you have to at least here we have to make an appointment and there wasn't one available till January. Oh, wow. But I'm glad that I went to the tiny little town I went to. I, um, I got there and it was a big, it was a building, not big building, had a justice of the peace, a library, the DMV and a court and Mm -hmm. like criminal and a civil court, all a courtroom and everything all in this one building the the lady's office where I got my driver's license renewed was smaller than my my office. I mean, my home office. And um, she let me take a, a nice picture. She like let me take <laughs> two. And then the the uh, justice of the peace came back, I guess, from lunch. He was dressed in camo and he was carrying a shotgun. I was like, oh, I love little that's towns. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love these small towns. Well, that's it funny. Was awesome. I was like, this is. This is small town wonderful. This is just not, it's not, uh, it's not doing this. I didn't do this in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could remember the name of the town. Seymour. I think Seymour. Uh, and I went to the Dollar Tree there. Oh, uh, yeah. I go to the Dollar Tree everywhere. Every, I went to the one in Abilene. Don't they all just have the same stuff? No. They really? don't. They have a lot of the same stuff. But then each one has their own little stuff. And boy, I got some good stuff in Seymour, Texas. <laughs> I loved it. I can't remember going into a dollar. I'm sure I have been, but 
Oh, you're missing out on life. Oh, you're missing out on life. They have the best little Thanksgiving decorations. Oh, yeah. And every time I go to your office, um, I treat myself to a stop at the 99 cent store. <laughs> they have any Day of the Dead yes. stuff? Tons. Yeah. Uh, Tons. We want to put something out this year. I need to go check it out. Then. Yes, they do. A 99 cent store has more. They have a whole half an aisle of Day of the Dead stuff. I guess since oh, wow. the movie, everything has uh, kind of popped up in that theme i hadn't seen as many de decorations for that particular holiday but, okay. oh, love 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 them they got cute was, stuff yeah i was at heb oh. uh last weekend in austin and they had a ton ton of it mm -hmm. some really really cute stuff yes i bought yes. nothing yeah well yeah theirs is a little more expensive than yeah believe me i've gone to heb three times in the past six weeks because when I see one, I stop because so, yeah. you know, we don't have them here. Although, wow, mama needs her ADHD meds. Um, they opened one in uh, Frisco mm -hmm. and Plano, from what I hear. And so that might be worth a drive over there because yeah. you just get stuff at HEB you cannot get in the other places we have. Yeah, they do have some good stuff. We got some really delicious hot sauce that was super yummy. And we make our own hot sauce. So to buy some that's good usually hard to find but um it's really good i looked on amazon and it was like 36 dollars for three packets which, whoa like that's like 11 10 50 a package for this stuff and it was like five dollars at the store so oh, i'm gonna wow. have to I've, I've got a friend i sent her a picture and i'm like hey be on the lookout for this because i'm gonna need some more oh well i just learned something about amazon uh, at a resale shop i was questioning the lady about how much how she decides how much to charge for things, mm -hmm. you know, because I love to resell things. And uh, she showed me on Amazon, if you open it up, there's a button you can push mm -hmm. on, on any UPC label uh, and it will like pull it up on Amazon to say. And, and so it'll give her a good price for what it should cost. Well, I did that on just a hair product in the grocery store the other day. It was like $19.99. And I thought, that's outrageous. I, I don't think it should be that much. I mm -hmm. pulled it up on Amazon through that UPC label and it was $4.99 on Amazon. Wow. And I have the sneaking suspicion that's a marketing thing that Amazon does. Like if I pull it up in a store like that, they mm -hmm. don't want me to buy it from that store. They'd rather I buy it from Amazon. So maybe they give me a better price on it. Mm. So I'm going to try like that. some conspiracy territory. Boy, that sounds like <laughs> Amazon is so smart. I just would not doubt it. Oh, that's funny. So I heard that we're talking today about something that a, a listener was interested in us talking about. Yeah. So someone I used to work with actually that listens to the podcast mentioned um, enabling to me and thought that that would be a great topic for us to discuss and something she was struggling with. So I thought, sure, let's do some oh, research. God, and absolutely. Talk about it. And shout out to her. I am so glad to hear from people at telling us, asking us for topics that they're interested in. That's what I want. I want to make sure that we're talking to the folks who spend their time listening to us, that we're giving them what they want. 
Absolutely. And you guys listening, you can send us your suggestions through the website, through our social media, through our email. So lots of ways to reach out, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys about what you want to what you want to hear us talking about and uh, anything that's relevant, anything that's going on in your lives. LifeLivedBetter.net. Info at LifeLivedBetter.net if you want to email Fantastic. Well, I know a little bit about enabling. I want to put it out there because I am guilty of it. (laughs) I'm guilty of it. I've done it in my life to just people I've loved. And uh, I have an adult child right now who will be graduating from college in just two short months. And uh, moving off into the world, and I, I've, I've had some of those feelings of like, oh, don't, don't go. I need you here, and um, I think there's a little enabling, uh, kind of running throughout that. So I, I know a little bit about this topic. I think, um, I think most of us probably enable in situations, different situations. And I think absolutely parenting is one of those, like it's almost a requirement probably to (laughs) enable to some extent. And I think that's one of the things too, is it's like, how do you, maybe we get into that, uh, like the the difference between enabling and helping, Yeah. which, when do you cross that line? Absolutely. And there's definitely a difference in, in, in parenting, even grandparenting, it's kind of a, a weird thing because we are supposed to do things for our, our children and our grandchildren. And it's like for so many years of their lives, they can't. Mm-hmm. And so we do. And then there comes a time that they can. And that's when things kind of get a little slippery because, you know, it's it's hard to know when they really can versus when they can't, when we should, when they, they could. It, there's a lot of involved. And like every topic we talk about we always look up find a, a definition for it and i think it's important with able enabling to have a real defi- definition and i think just simply it's when you do something for someone else that they could do for themselves it's it's like you keep a person from experiencing the consequences of life mm-hmm. you know and you know, don't we want our kids not <laughs> to have the consequences of life? We don't want them to hurt. So it makes sense why we do it. Right. You know? Yeah. I think, um, I think of it a lot of times as giving to the point that you're suffering sometimes as well. Like you give, you know, that saying, okay, he would give you the shirt off his back. Well, that's great and all, but then you're left <laughs> shirtless Shirtless. yeah exactly (laughs) exactly exactly and you you know you give somebody something and then you can't uh, you pay someone else's bills and you can't pay your own yeah i mean that's uh it's the perfect i've heard this for so long but it really is the perfect example that airline you know whenever you're on the airplane and the airline Mm. um flight attendant says if the oxygen masks fall down, make sure you put yours on before you help the person beside you. Well, gut instinct is like, if my kid is with me to help them, mm-hmm. but you'll pass out. You won't be able to help anybody. All right. So you've got to take care of you first. You've got Absolutely. to take care of you first. Absolutely. Well, I, I even talk to my students about this because I think those of us who are inclined toward the helping professions of all kinds, we have a tendency to want to help other people 
and do it sometimes to our detriment, do mm-hmm. it sometimes without helping ourselves. And uh, we've got to be, we've got to be healthy. We've got to be taking care of ourselves before we get in there trying to tell someone else what to do. And one thing I, I've learned, you know, as far as like from the the codependency slash enabling kind of some of the behaviors that go along with that is, you know, when you're constantly giving, 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 it's like the other person will oftentimes take, take, take as long as you're willing to give. And if someone else is willing to do the work, put in the time and pay the money, why wouldn't we let them do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if I, I'm willing to clean the house if i'm willing to clean my child's bedroom why would they do it themselves mm-hmm. you know what yeah. what would they why wouldn't wouldn't you if you had a maid if you yeah. had a maid that came once a week and just cleaned your entire house and they didn't even charge you wouldn't you be like woohoo hey absolutely love it feels good it's nice well so i mean so what's wrong with what's wrong with helping our kids our grandkids i mean what what's wrong with doing that like you said earlier, it keeps them from experiencing consequences for one thing. And, you know, not everything has a negative consequence, but some things do. And I think that's oftentimes how we learn lessons is through mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always say you can't have success without failure. Like, how do you measure one without the other? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so our mistakes are a big part of, you know, how we formulate, you know, our, our beings, I think. Exactly. And I think the the more we do things for other people, the more they depend upon it mm-hmm. and sometimes even begin to expect it and can get a little entitled. You know? oh, yeah. They can be like, um, hey, where's my clothes? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then you get resentful and you're the one who taught them to expect it. Right. <laughs> you know? I remember the first time I did laundry, I had to call someone and ask. My parents were out of town. And uh, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably early teen, but I had to call a friend and ask them how to work the machine and how much soap to put in. And, you know, but from that point on, I don't remember ever having my laundry done for me <laughs> again. But, it, you know, that's a necessary thing in life. You have to know how to do your laundry. Mm-hmm. I know adult people that go home and their mom still does their laundry mm-hmm. like while they're having dinner, you know, once a week. And mm-hmm. that's it's sweet. But, you know, at the same time, could your kid do this on their own? Could your adult child do this on their own? Mm-hmm. Should they be doing it on their own? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, but it you smells know, parent, different when mama does it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the parent side of that is my mom and I had talked about that. And, you know, she said, but, you know, a lot of times parents will do anything to get their kids to come, come spend time. So uh-huh. if that means doing laundry, then, and then plus moms just love to do stuff like that, you yeah. know, oftentimes. Yeah. And, and there's a difference between helping and enabling. I, I really think, you know, like doing someone's laundry once in a while for them because of something, you know, something's going on in their life and you just offer to pitch in. Mm-hmm. It's different than they bring it every Tuesday and expect it to be done hung and folded when they stop by on Wednesday morning. There's a big difference between the two of yeah. those things. And I think yeah. that's important to kind of see, are people expecting it from you? Because, you know, what are you a dry cleaner, you know, or... <laughs> Or is it just a, you're just pitching in, you're just trying to, you know, lending a hand, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. 
And I think people really struggle with that, uh, figuring out what that, where the line is. Yes. I know when I work with folks with, you know, especially on the addiction side of things, I've worked with a lot of parents over the years that struggle with, you know, I give my son $20 to go put gas in his car and he goes and blows it on, you know, drugs or alcohol. And my response to that usually is, and, and I think part of getting over enabling or stopping the enabling process, sometimes there's, there's work, oftentimes there's work that goes along with that. And like in that example, my feedback is, you know, go to the gas station and pump the gas. <laughs> like it's, it's a, it's a pain, but is that enabling, you know, mm -hmm. giving your kid money and yeah. going to those extremes? Yeah. Well, and when it comes to addiction, um, I know that there are some people who are real tough love, like cut them out of your life until they stop using. They can't come back in this house. You won't do a thing for them. I don't believe in that. I'm mm -hmm. totally against uh, that concept. It doesn't work in my opinion. And my opinion is well-researched. It's not just... Um, an opinion it there's a lot behind that um mm -hmm. so like what you said like you go to the sta gas station with them and you put the gas in their car that's one of the ways that you can help a person that has an addiction um and not feed their addiction don't just hand a person 20 bucks you go mm -hmm. if they're hungry you buy them some you know you buy them a meal to eat you don't give mm -hmm. them money for grocery so that's how you, you know, insure. And I've even had people say, well, you can buy them grocery. Well, you can, but sometimes people who sell drugs have moms that will buy that grocery for 25 <laughs> cents on the dollar. And I, I, I found this out. I didn't even think it. I was like, oh, that's nice. The grandmother's taken the person with the addiction and they buy them groceries every week. And this fellow was buying like three or $400 in groceries and lots of steaks and stuff. I was like, Ooh, he's eating real well. Well, he was taking it over to his drug dealer's house who lived, the drug dealer that lived with his mom and uh, his mom was buying it, you know, like these oh. 20, $30 steaks for 10 bucks. Mm. Wow. So I was like, wow, yeah, I didn't think about that. So their their idea was, well, he's hungry. We'll buy him a meal. We will sit down at a restaurant and eat a meal. Yeah. We'll buy him some McDonald's or whatever, but no more $300 grocery store trips. Yeah. Wow. Criminal thinking, man. I'm telling you not to mention that fellow was in his 40s at the time. <laughs> mm. Well, we and I think that's, you know, going back to when is enough or how do you know, yeah. that's a good example, too, of like if you're doing it weekly, that's too much, mm -hmm. you know, person's not going to figure it out. They're not going to go, you know, make the money. They're not going to go do what they need to do in order to take care of themselves. If Again, if somebody's willing to do it for them regularly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if it's once every couple of months, they're struggling and you go and buy them. 50 bucks or you know mm -hmm. a little bit of groceries to get by like that that's a different story it is and and in and, and better help which i think is a wonderful website they had a kind of a you could be enabling if list on their mm -hmm. website the, the first one was like they they live with you and so you're paying all of their living expenses or maybe you're paying their phone bill, their car payment, their their medical insurance, and they're an adult who could be doing that for themselves. Mm -hmm. I I told you earlier I have a 21 year old. He works. Uh, he works, but he's also in college full time. So mm -hmm. I have I have medical insurance for him. 
because that's our agreement. If he's a college student uh, and legally I'm allowed to still carry him on my insurance as long as he's a college student, I have no problem with that. But he mm -hmm. work. He works. He's in school. The, the the fellow probably works more hours than I do. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Now, if he was hanging out at home playing video games and in bed all day, I might have a problem with carrying him on my insurance. You know. Yeah, that's a good point because a lot of a, a lot of people say that if a kid's a full-time student, then they're willing to do more for them than if they're you know just living at home and. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's how I, I was raised that you work. You know, I worked every summer with my dad. And then as soon as I, before I was even old enough, I was 15. And at that time, you couldn't work at 15. But my mom helped me, like, fake it. And, <laughs> you know, I got a job at Albertsons. And, you know, so I've always worked. And my parents helped me with my first car. And they told me everything else is on you. You got to pay the insurance. You got to pay the gas. You got to be responsible for it. Mm -hmm. And I know people that, you know, their parents took care of it and they paid it and, you know, it wasn't an issue. So to me, it was just, it's never been a thing, but I, I do think it's a different scenario. Like you said, with somebody who's just kind of like mooching mm -hmm. and not doing anything versus, you know, a full-time student or, you know, working, making effort, right. taking, right. taking time to actually like live their life and yeah. be responsible. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what. I think back to when I lived on my own or like when I had a roommate and we had those, and we've talked before about how like back in the day when I was making a thousand dollars a month and like we couldn't afford toilet paper sometimes. Me and my roommate went to the Texaco station down the road and got a few rolls <laughs> of toilet paper from their bathroom, public bathroom. I should probably find that Texaco and go give them five bucks for that but it was that bad you know like we couldn't afford anything extra but you know I learned so much from that and it was character building for me to struggle a little bit you know mm -hmm. I think I'm a better person because of that mm -hmm. and if you do it for somebody you're depriving them of those experiences of of learning about needs versus wants and a little bit of struggle. I think I've learned more lessons in my life during times of struggle than in times of plenty, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always think of it as crippling because at some point you're not going to be able to provide, you're, you're going to be gone or, you know, you just don't have the means. Something happens where, you know, they are forced to do it. And if they, I always think of like a tolerance, if you're, if you're, if you learn something slowly, you know, and kind of gradually versus just being thrown into it at 50, 40, you know, 35 years old, like it's a very different experience mm -hmm. than just kind of learning it at 16 and getting a checking account and, you know, learning to manage a budget. And, you know, that's that to me is a good, healthy way of learning about finances and about responsibility. Absolutely. Some people don't get that until they're way way older in life <laughs> completely completely well and and better help says that if you keep if there constantly is some kind of crisis that you're having to help them out of that's probably enabling it's mm. probably not helping and uh you know if 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 they aren't in school full time and they're not working 
it's probably enabling, you know, mm-hmm. if they're not doing something, if they're not being productive with their time. I think Dr. Phil says, like, if you're unemployed and you're trying to get a job, job searching should be your full-time right. job. I mean, you should be busy doing those things. And if you if you have to make sacrifices for them because of you sacrifice the things you want and need, like we talked about earlier, like if you can't pay your bills because you're paying their bills, that's probably enabling too. And mm-hmm. uh, you just, if you're just constantly overwhelmed all the time by the their crises, that that's kind of leaning toward the side of enabling. If you're just always worried about their stuff, mm-hmm. you can't even worry about yours. It probably is. And then the one other thing they had on their list that I thought was so like eye opening is if you're always worried about upsetting them, there's probably something going on there. Mm, yeah. That's true. Like, oh, if I tell them I can't pay that thing, if I don't, if I can't get to their laundry, they're going to be upset with me. That's not healthy. Yeah. That's kind of that expectations territory, mm-hmm. which is never good. Mm-mm. Also, why does somebody do it? I mean, why do we enable people? Well, so why do we do it? Uh, I think because we want the we want the best for the people around us. I think parents want the best for their children. We want the best for people that we love and we care about. Yeah. We want to keep them from, you know, feeling pain oftentimes. And pain doesn't just mean physical, but financial, mm-hmm. you know, employment, all types of, you know, hardships. Yeah. It's hard to see your kid hurt. It's hard. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's hard to see people we love hurt. And if we have the means to stop their pain, yeah, that's hard. I know I, my, my mom worried about me constantly. I was the baby of the family and, you know, I got to where I wouldn't even tell her certain things because I knew she'd just worry herself to death about it, you Mm -hmm. know, but she just, you know, was a, was a woman that would do anything she possibly could to help us, you know, succeed and survive. And to the point that it, you know, it definitely was enabling in different parts of mm-hmm. our lives. I think it says a lot about how they raised you though, that you wouldn't take all the help, you know, I mean, like mm-hmm. that you knew you could, but that you didn't because the way you talk about how they raised you to work and stuff, that says a lot about how they raised you to be independent. And that's pretty awesome that you could have turned to them for, you know, to take care of you and you still didn't. I think that's, um, I think that says a lot about that, them raising you to be independent. Thank you. That definitely probably to a fault at times. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's hard to accept help. Yeah. I, I have that. And there's a whole Brene Brown thing there about whenever mm-hmm. helper, her, helpers won't take help. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't really believe in the process of help. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. The other thing, it's hard to hear, I think, but sometimes we enable them because we want them to need us. Mm, yeah. You know, it's not that we don't think they can't do it for themselves. Maybe we know they can do it for themselves, but we don't want them to do it for themselves. We want them to still come to us. We want them to still say, help, I need you. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's tough. I am not a parent, so I don't know. But I, again, just from observation, 
I think um, that's definitely something that I, I can see in, in moms and dads, but definitely, I think more moms. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I did find some information that also said, like, probably for parents and grandparents, uh, it's hard for us to see them as anything but kids who, who mm -hmm. you know, like the, it's hard for us to imagine them in an adult role. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of hard. And there was some more information out there that said we may have put them in a position like if maybe if we're divorced or something that we might have put them in a position of being more like our companion. Mm -hmm. So like trouble letting them go of, you know, take letting them out of that role. Like we kind of need them to keep fulfilling that role for us. Yeah, that's uh, difficult. Definitely. I can see how that happens. Also, sometimes it's a way of trying to maintain some control of their life. Mm -hmm. you know? If I give you this, you have to kind of act like I want you to, or I can right. dangle it over your head. That's right. I hear people talk about that. Like, you know, yeah, my, my mom will give me X, Y, Z, but if she gives it to me, then I have to act, I have to do what she wants me to. Mm -hmm. It's not like free of strings. Right, right. I suggest Definitely adults don't attached. take that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some information that might be hard to hear for people who, if you're an enabler, is that we we enable because it of how it makes us feel. Mm. You know, not what it does for the kid, but how it it makes us feel. Ugh. Ugh. And you know, sometimes like sometimes it feels good, but other times it feels yucky. It, like you figure out what's happening and maybe not enough to change it, but those resentments build or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And it's a, it's a pretty vicious cycle. Yeah. And some, you know, sometimes when our kids are adults and we, you know, they don't know how to cook or they don't know how to budget or they don't know how to do things. Sometimes it's because we didn't teach them and maybe we feel guilty about that. So mm. we keep doing it for them. You know, we want them to need us and we feel like we're valuable to them whenever, mm -hmm. whenever we can give them something when they can. Oh, nobody can do it like you, mom. Nobody knows how to. My son has tried that with me before. <laughs> I always laugh at him. Sometimes it does, you know, but I, we always laugh because I say, I, I know exactly when you're trying to manipulate based on how you say that. And he laughs mm. and he's like, uh, yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, the, the, the downside of all of this is adult children who cannot take care of themselves or who don't know that they can take care of themselves. They're going to struggle in the real world when we can't do things for them. And there's going to be a time, like you said earlier, where we won't be able to, we won't be available or we won't be here. So it's better if we teach them, let them learn and let them become an adult. And it's hard. It really is, but we can stop yeah. enabling them and allow them to become healthy, productive adults. I think that's one of those times where you get to kind of, see your relationship evolve and change, you know, from being that kid to now seeing them as an adult, mm -hmm. if they're taking care of their responsibilities and being responsible and doing the things that they need to do, it's easier to make that transition from kid to adult, mm -hmm. I think. And it's pretty cool to have a relationship with your adult child. Mm -hmm. 
like when you're sitting there, I was sitting outside on the patio with my son last night and we were having a conversation like adult to adult. I was like, wow, this is cool. I didn't think I would like it. I kind of liked our child parent relationship so much, all of his childhood. I didn't know if I would like it when he became an adult, but I do. He's a pretty cool mm. dude. I mean, he's a neat guy. I enjoy having an adult relationship with him. So I don't know how I couldn't be a cool kid with you as a mom. Oh, you're so sweet. Because mm. I'm a That's dork. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we stop it? How do we get out yeah. of the habit of enabling? Well, how do we help them become productive, healthy adults. Well, the healthy part, we can't just, you know, shut the door and throw them out and say, go do it. We could. But if we created the situation... We probably have some responsibility and kind of going in smaller steps, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the first thing is we have to get help for ourselves. You know, if, there, if there's a reason we're hanging on and, and we keep enabling them, we're getting something out of it. So we need to figure out what that is. And so I, you know, I advise all the time, you know, coaching, counseling, something, get help for yourself. Find out why are you doing this? What's What's motivating you to to enable to begin with? I think that's a great idea. And the next one talks about once you've realized that just have the conversation with them that you realize this is happening and that you're partially responsible and just an open dialogue, mm-hmm. communicate with one another. Yeah. Like I realize I didn't teach you how to cook. Mm-hmm. I didn't or I didn't teach you how to do your own laundry. I want to teach you now. I think that's completely fine. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything big, you know. I mean, tell them. Tell them the reason. You know, I'm not always going to be here, so I want to show you how to do this so you can do it when I'm not around. You know, whenever I go out of town, whenever I'm not here on earth, period, whenever, whatever. You know, I just want you to know how to do this for yourself because at some point I won't be here to help you. And, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't teach them how to budget because you don't know how to budget well i mean learn with them you know Mm -hmm. just learn how to do it with them there's so many resources out there for us you know we can go to the bank together and say we've never had a checking account either of us can you tell us about that they'd be happy to to do that there are classes you can take there are youtube videos out there there's a podcast that tells about everything out there, right. how to budget, how to bank, how to uh, save, how to uh, cook, how to clean. There's a freaking uh, YouTube video out there about how you fold sheets. I've watched it. I <laughs> promise. Watch that one. <laughs> I can't fold a fitted sheet to save my life, but there is a video out there that shows it to you. And also, what about them getting a therapist? If especially if like they're really resistant to letting you let them go then they might have some emotional maturity that they need to work on and so if not if they won't seek their own therapist maybe a family therapist maybe together and and if you don't want to delve all the way into therapy just coaching i mean there are coaches you can mm-hmm. get and um, heck just say hey we need four sessions just to learn the x y or z because coaches are amazing for that so how do you start? How do you start making these changes? Well, I think you have to start small. I mean, if, if they're not working, period. So part-time job. Can they get a part-time job and 
do that just to kind of show them and you they can do it because mm-hmm. there are there are a lot of skills that they have to possess or they will have to be learning to show up on time to keep a job to do what an employer tells them to do you know not everybody likes to do that and if they've been coddled for a long time they may not want to get their ass up and go to work in the morning you know they may not like it when a person tells them what to do but that's a lesson they need to learn so Mm -hmm. start with us with a part-time job or if they're not paying any bills can they start by just paying one you know if you if you pay everything then how about they pay their own cell phone or if you're providing the vehicle they have to pay the insurance mm-hmm. and ideally you'll want to be doing this with them when they're teenagers. But right. if, if they're 40, well, it's better to start when they're 40 than wait till they're 50. Right. It has and to be done. <laughs> it really does. I mean, and I talked about, you know, going to the bank and setting up an account, you know, I mean, talk about finances. If you don't know the same things, learn it as they learn it. Do whatever you need to do. Do whatever tutorials on YouTube that you have to do. Here's something that not everybody might agree with, but I believe if you give somebody money, you are giving it to them. You're not loaning it to them unless there is some sort of an agreement for a repayment. Mm. And I've watched enough Judge Judy (laughs) and (laughs) People's Court to know it is better to get it in writing So there's not any kind of misunderstandings. Money causes a lot of problems in relationships. And it may seem formal. It may seem weird to ask your kid or your grandkid to sign a loan agreement. But I think it could be a good learning tool. And I think it will keep you from getting any kind of mixed messages, misunderstandings, people mad. If you're just real clear, okay, I'll give you this money, but this is a loan. I expect it to be paid back. I want you to pay it back in this amount of time. This is how much I expect. Not just like you have to pay me back by December 1st, but every two weeks you have to give me $50. And they make an agreement. Can you do that? Can can you afford $50? You can't afford $50? Okay, what can you afford? Whatever your agreement is, put it all in writing. Both of you sign it. And every time they give you a payment, give them a receipt and you document how much they uh, they gave you. That sounds weird when you're talking about doing that with a, a your child or an adult friend or family member, but you really are teaching them how to pay a bill. You're teaching them mm-hmm. and you're also not going to get into some sort of horrible conflict with them because money can just bring up some bitterness and some feelings and just some stuff I think everybody would want to avoid. I think um, I've heard parents doing this and I think it's kind of neat, but like having their kids pay you know, maybe pay rent or pay, you know, utilities or pay for their insurance or something like give them the money and then they pay it. I don't know how great of an idea that is, but like, for instance, rent, you know, having them pay a hundred dollars a week or a month. Mm -hmm. And then when they're ready to move out, actually like gifting them that money back, but just helping them kind of learn the responsibility of doing it. That'd be cool. Yeah. So that's kind of a something I've seen people do over the years. Like if you really are having a hard time taking money from your kid, just, you know, look at it as like a savings mm-hmm. and gift it back to them. 
man, that'd be aw That'd be a great, that'd be a great gift to receive. Like mm -hmm. I'm about to move out on my own and your mom says, well, you've been paying me a hundred dollars a month or week or whatever for the last two years. Here it is, you know, yeah. that'd be a great little nest egg for them. Because if you feel too guilty about taking the money from them, <laughs> I agree. You know, like, I also now have some friends that they collect monthly and <laughs> it goes straight to the bills. So, well, heck, no, I mean, nothing wrong with it either way. When a person is living in a space and they have the means to pay for that space, I don't know why you wouldn't ask them to share in some of the responsibilities. Yeah. I have a friend I was talking to the other day whose kid is a full-time student and works a full-time job, but he still has her pay $100 a week. And he was talking about how he felt guilty about that, which I kind of, like, I could kind of understand. You know, the kid sounds like she's working her tail off, but, you know, he, for him, it was about responsibility. Like, these, this is part of life is that you have to pay rent. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, you're always going to have bills. So you need to juggle it. You need to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I bet they are learning some valuable lessons and heck a hundred dollars a week is cheap. Yeah. And that's yeah. like all bills paid and you get food. That, right. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. It's not bad at all. And Hey, if he wants, he can get, gift it back to her when she leaves, but she, he doesn't sound like he has a problem no. doing it. So, <laughs> no. So I think if somebody does this and starts down this road, because it would be a new behavior for both people, you could easily kind of slip back and kind of like a, put this big, I'm drawing a line in the sand, but a month from now, it kind of starts, you know, heading down the wrong course. And if you've been doing this for an adult for a long time, I'm guessing they're going to do a whole lot of, oh, but don't you love me? Or it's mm -hmm. so hard. So what are you going to do to, how do you, keep on keeping on well, i think you just keep checking in with yourself and you know asking yourself the questions is this you know legitimately something that they can do for themselves and if the answer is yes then let them do it for themselves mm -hmm. um and i think we talked about it earlier like sometimes it's a selfish thing where we want to try to keep them close and have them need us and that's you know that's not a good reason to do something for someone yeah um so why are you doing it what are, what's your motivation what's what's behind that mm -hmm. um what's yeah. going on with you you right. know why do you why do you feel the need to have someone need you i think that's something i think a lot of us just kind of unconsciously move through life without kind of checking in on why we're mm -hmm. doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of behaviors and feelings and stuff would probably be different if we did stop and go, why am I going to do this? What's mm -hmm. going on? Is this for real? You know, fact, feelings aren't facts just because I feel guilty about asking them to grow up and be an adult doesn't mean that it's true that I shouldn't, you know, sometimes I just mm -hmm. feel that way and I need to just feel it and get over it, you know, get through it. And yeah. I'm also all for like thinking things through, like imagine what would happen if, if I gave in and let them off the hook, what would happen? And then vice versa. If I gave in and didn't let them off the hook, what, what, what could happen? You know, play it all the way through. We tell that people that all the time in addiction, like if you're thinking about 
using again after you've been in recovery for a while. Play it all the way through to the end. What's it going to be like if you do use? What's going to happen? What's going to be the consequence? And mm -hmm. vice versa. What if you don't? What? How is it going to be? What's it going to feel like? And everything. I think we ought to do that with a lot of these behaviors and thoughts. And just looking at people you know. I mean, if you if you know people that have kids, like looking at their relationships and looking at, you know, the dynamic. Um, sometimes it's something that you can learn from other people as far as different techniques and ask questions, ask, you know, other parents how to, mm -hmm. you know, how they deal with these situations. What's their feedback? What's, you know, join a parenting group. Um, I'm sure there's an enabling group out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Having a mentor, having someone to look up to, having a peer to bounce things off of, even if it's not a therapist, not a professional. I think that's mm -hmm. real important. Somebody you can just like bend their ear and just so they can say, I get it. I think that in so many ways helps us move through things when a, another person says, I've been there, I understand it. Here are some ideas. Yeah. And there's a support group for everything now. I bet if you go online and you want a support group for people who love goats, I mean, I bet there's a support group for everything. <laughs> I don't mean love them that way. <laughs> there are lots of lots of support groups out there. So I know there's codependent meetings, so I'm sure there has to be enabling or maybe I mean, they go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope this information has been valuable. I certainly think it helped me. Yeah, me too. And summary, just kind of, you know, checking your motivations and, and asking yourself, you know, am I, am I putting someone at risk for not being able or not knowing how to do this long term? Or am I putting myself in a situation where I'm going to be stuck doing this long term? Mm -hmm. Those are those are questions to be asking. And do you want to be doing this when you're 75? Right, right. I don't want to be doing somebody else's laundry. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you're, you're doing your 55-year-old child's laundry <laughs> at the nursing home, you know? It could seriously look like that. <laughs> <laughs> Can my son stay here overnight? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that somebody sent this in and keep on sending these uh, topic ideas into us and, uh, our, and the questions that you have for the next round of questions for counselors that we do. Just keep on sending it in. We do appreciate that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And don't forget that knowledge leads to a life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph.